Yeah. I love sexting. Yeah, <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't? I think that's a keeper. I think we're going to keep that one. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Welcome back, you sexy ladies. Now, firstly, I have to say, this podcast might actually sound like really good quality, well, the beginning bit anyway, because I'm in a fucking podcast studio. I am now working at this sexy as fuck co-working space in the city in Sydney. Um, It's called Work Club Global. This is not sponsored. Um, It is so effing sexy, I can't even tell you. Like, I just, it actually makes my heart so happy being able to come in here. And it's so funny, like, I have for so long like I've always had this part of me where I wanted to work corporate literally just so I could have a sexy office like that I, all I wanted was to be able to feel all high vibe coming into the city dressing up having a sexy office and now I have that and I don't have to work for somebody else I get to do my stuff I'm probably the only I'm like the most feminine one here because <laughs> everyone's like really really businessy um and there's not many women here, but that's okay. I love that. So there's so many amazing businessmen. And if you know me, you know that I love businessmen. Um, so yeah, that's good. And um, I'm pretty sure sometimes people w- walk past me talking to my clients and it's like sex, periods, vaginas, orgasm. And they're like, what the fuck is this chick's job? Anyway, you guys all know. Um, so this, yeah, this podcast studio obviously has got amazing sound. Um, and this is where I'm going to be holding, well, not in the podcast studio, obviously, that'd be funny. That could fit like three people. Um, at Work Club Global, where my, this co-working space that I work at is where I'm going to be holding my very first, yes, drum roll, um, Sydney event. It's feminine as fuck live. And I was like, I didn't know what to call it right. And then I was like, oh my God, duh. I'm just going to call my events feminine as fuck live because my podcast is feminine as fuck. And then if I do feminine as fuck live, I can cover everything that I normally talk about. It's not like just a period event or just femininity or just business. It's like I can do everything in one. So if the tickets went out today and this podcast won't be up for a couple more days from when I recorded this. If you have not gotten your tickets already, they may already be sold out. If not, get on that shit. Get a ticket. Do not miss out. Um, when I've recorded this, they've been up for a few hours and they're already half sold out. So do not miss out on this opportunity. If you are sitting on the fence because you're like, oh, money. I'm like, seriously, get over your money problems. If you want growth, shit has to change, right? If you're not happy where you are, don't expect to be getting to that next level with doing what you're already doing, right? You need to, you know, sometimes take the leap of faith in order to get the results that you want. And I've made it so reasonable and affordable for everybody only 49 Australian dollars so compared to my programs it's literally nothing this is the most um uh, it's the cheapest way basically I don't want to say like I don't want to say the word cheap but it is it is the cheapest way to work with me so don't fucking sit back and relax get your card get on the laptop and get your ticket um I a lot of you have been saying like are you going to come to Melbourne are you going to come here are you going to come here I'm really going to try and do 
um, a couple of events before I moved to New York. So my my sort of vibe is I'm going to do another Feminine as Fuck Live event, say end of Melbourne, end of July-ish. So keep a lookout for that. Um, and then we'll see where the other places go. Uh, quite a few people have wanted me to come to New Zealand. So if you live in New Zealand, I've never actually been to New Zealand and I would love to go to New Zealand. So if you live in New Zealand, make sure that you send me a message so I know that there is the demand for that as well. And if you live anywhere else you want me to come, please let me know because um, I would freaking love to. Anyway, this episode today is like so fucking juicy. I am doing an amazing interview with um, Dominic and Brian who also, they were on a panel at Bold Leap Live, the event that I was talking at in um, in New York. And I met them there and we instantly just hit it off they loved how I was able to be on stage and be in my feminine and not in my masculine because a lot of women that are on stage speaking, they are in their masculine. Um, we just hit it off. We were really on the same vibe in that like, you know, um, you know, women have a lot of wounding. They need to heal with men. Men need to heal with women. Um, the feminist movement has really squashed both of us, both men and women um, all that jazz anyway. And we're both, we're, we all just really hit it off. So we've got a really long and amazing and so juicy, um, podcast episode. And you guys have been waiting for this one because it's been a while. It's been a while since I actually did the interview, but you all sent in so many amazing questions about men and they're answering them all. And they are such good answers. So drum roll for us three, where we are talking we're having a cacao and combos and actually Dominic's the only one drinking cacao. Anyway, it's really funny um, and just enjoy it and please screenshot and share as usual so that we can get more of this word around and more people can heal. I love you all. Bye. Hey everybody. Welcome back to Cacao and Convos. I'm so excited to have some beautiful gentlemen here with me. We've already tried to record this intro and it fucked up. That's how we're all laughing. <laughs> so do you guys want to introduce yourselves for me? Hi, this is Brian Stacey for the second time. Yeah. Um, back in back when I was 30 years old, about eight years ago, I started feeling pain in my left testicle. And I did what a lot of guys do, which was nothing. And I waited about three months before I went in to get checked out. And when I did, I was diagnosed with both testicular cancer and chlamydia. And for me, that was a huge wake-up call. So since then, I went from like a zero out of 10 talking about sex and sexual health things. And since then, I started a sexual health company where people can download an app, talk to a doctor, get tested for STIs, and then spur the conversation with a partner. And I've been speaking on that subject now for the last three years, and that's, that's where we're at. Love it. I actually basically entered a relationship because I asked about, have you got an STD check? And then he like freaked out and it was like not a freak out conversation that needed to be had. Mm. And they went like super cold. So it's like, it's so interesting how this is so triggering for some people because there's so much stigma. And actually my last cacao and converse, you know, Lindsay Wynn, she um, owns a company called Mamatara. It's basically like all natural, um, uh, like vaginal, it's a vaginal wellness company. It's all natural. Like instead of taking drugs for UTIs, you take this all natural like cream. And um, we were talking all about this stuff and just how there's such a fucking stigma. And it's like, yeah, you don't want an STD, but also if you get one, you take antibiotics, like life goes on. Mm. And because there's no conversation about it, it's not normalized. So nobody wants to talk about it in case they think there could be something. They're like, nope, don't talk about it, don't talk about it. And even like, I've woken up with like this chest pain and I'm like, mom, do I need to go to the doctor? Am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. It's just like a muscle thing. But 
don't not listen to your body. Yeah, women, generally speaking, are better at listening yeah. to their body, going to the doctor and getting things taken care of. And we'll dive deeper yes. into some of the yeah. interactions when it comes to asking somebody <laughs> or telling somebody about your sexual health yeah. situation. Yeah, Dominic, go for it. Okay. I'm Dominic Cortuccio. I'm the only one at the table actually drinking cacao because I'm a cacao purist. I've already had mine this morning. Okay. Yeah. But I'm cacao-less. <laughs> I'm, I'm purely cacao-less. <laughs> There's a hierarchy here. Uh, so I am a speaker and a, an executive coach to high-performing men and women and an author. And I just gave Monica a copy of my book called Design Your Future, Three Simple Steps to Stop Drifting and Take Command of Your Life. And I spent 15 years in the high-stakes financial services arena working for a Fortune 75 company, running a sales organization that had a billion and a half dollar annual sales goal. And I had an opportunity to work with a lot of people who had achieved success, but on the inside started to feel a sense of disconnection, a, a sense of restlessness or being trapped in the lives they've created for themselves. And so working with Brian, we help lead people on the inner journey to do inner work, typically for the first time in, in their lives. And a bigger part of our work that's really emerging over the past, I don't know, six or seven months or so, is really working with men and women and bridging the gaps between the communication barriers, especially in male-dominated businesses, especially with high-performing women entrepreneurs who are rising so quickly, and men in their lives can't seem to keep up, and there's the tension there. And Brian and I are working on bridging that that communication gap so that each side can understand one another. Oh my God, because like it's literally like different languages. Like we're both speaking English, but like the meaning behind words is so different. And like when you can, uh, well, I found that when you can understand what you're actually meaning to say to then to be able to like say it the way that he needs to hear it, yes. everything is easier. Like so much easier. You don't get into unnecessary fights, but also... I feel like a lot of women, they do the work and then the other side, it's like, oh, I'm communicating the way that you want to be communicated with, but then like you need to also communicate the way that I need to be communicated yeah. with. So that two-way like straight is really important. One of the things that we're finding in, um, in, in the work that we're doing with women is that there's just a sense of exhaustion mm. around how many more times do I have to put this on my shoulders before oh my God, a man yeah. starts to wake up and pay attention um, I'm doing the work. I'm trying to bring him in on it. Uh, how come he's not interested? He's really interested when it's time to, to sext. Yes. Right? He's really interested in, in, in these kinds of moments, very highly engaged. And mm -hmm. maybe over the course of our conversation today, we can yeah. talk about those different ways to allure him in, to invite him in. Um, the timing also matters of when the invitation's extended. Yeah. Um, so that th Don't do it when he's trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Not when he's trying to go to sleep, not when he's watching footy, or not when he's, you know, like these kinds of things. Yeah. Like there, there are certain moments that a man is much more receptive. Let's talk about that because I would love to know because I know that you, you, you never want to like tell a man or imply that he's not already good enough or that he's a failure, right? Like, so sometimes it's like even I will worry that if I mention something to him, he's going to take that as you're not good enough for me, you're failing, like you're a failure and it's like no I don't mean that I just want like you to like be better like how do you how do you say that just like, be don't better. yeah don't don't <laughs> start with that don't start <laughs> with just be better <laughs> why can't you just be better because it confuses us we're yeah. like there's no direction there's no yeah. and and what, what's happening in your body is you you're having this feeling of I want better and I want yeah. something that's different yeah. but a guy receives this and I've been this guy 
Like, well, what are you talking about? Do you want me to be more on time? Do you want me to pay for dinner more often? Do you want me to be better in bed? And we'll just describe everything. Just all like, be it. better. Just and be better. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and guys, if you think they're very directive, right? A woman can yeah. walk into a shop. I'm speaking generalities yeah, here, but the course. feminine, yeah. the women, they can walk into a store and just shop and see, mm. and I'm not totally sure what I want. And guys go in, they're like, I need pants. the shirt. I need mm. the pants. Right? So and so sure. when speaking with guys, it's, it's helpful, if possible, to be specific and also call them in yeah. instead of calling them out. Yeah. So we, we talk a lot about Alison Armstrong. Right? Yeah. I'm a huge fan, and one of her books is called The Queen's Code. And she says that one of the key problems she sees with women who are trying to bring out the best in their men is that they become frog farmers. Oh. And what she, what she means by this is if, you're, if you have a prince that's standing in front of you, does your language that you use turn him into a king or does it turn him back into a frog? Oh, damn, I love that. Right, and she's like, listen, uh, and, and, and there, there's typically some resistance around this at first because, again, it goes back to the how come we as women have to continue mm. to modify and to acquiesce and these kinds of things. But she's like, there's certain ways in which you can um, allure a man into a conversation that can bring out the king in him. So uh, I'm just trying to think of examples for me. For, for me, um, there were times where, like with a partner in the past, where she was like, hey, listen, um, I, love our, I love the sex that we're having. Mm. And what would be really, really nice for me next time is if like you created some mystery or some seduction because man, I, I will show you like sides <laughs> of me that you've never seen before. Yeah, I always say that. It's like you've got to give that positive affirmation to men and don't be like, yeah, it's great, but because then it's like you're just like, saying that actually it's not that great. Such a key word. Like, yeah, and don't Brian, use but, use and. Right, Brian and I use this like all the time. It's the, like the but just kind of eliminates everything it you does. just said up into that point. Yeah. The and is like an additive and it's like, oh cool, I'm, I'm a hero, I am providing and, oh, there's something else that she wants that I could provide that's gonna light her up Sign me up. Yeah. It, really quick, on the and thing, I do like that because it continues the conversation. Also, guys will tune in really quick if you're just replacing the but. If you're just True. saying da 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 and, right, <laughs> use that two times and the guys be like, that actually means but. Yes. So yes. being really careful. Okay. So the, the, okay, good to know. Yeah, good to know. The, the, suggestion, the suggestion that I have for women is to, when explaining something, and you can say something very specific like the, the example that Dominic gave, but let the guy know the impact yeah. on you. Yeah, when you said that, you talk about how it makes you feel. I was like, damn. Yes. Yeah. How it makes you feel, what yeah. it makes you think. Because guys, we are fixers. We love to fix shit. If something's broken, we want to fix it. That's just in the masculine. Yeah, but I and, love that. And so if somebody, <laughs> yeah, and you love that, right? And so if you tell somebody, like, you're just doing this wrong, yeah. then all, all that matters in that conversation is that that guy is wrong. Yeah. But if you say, hey, this is what happened, factually, mm. And when that happened, it made me feel sad and I could like, I, I, it made me feel contracted. I just sat down and I had less energy all day and like, that doesn't feel great. Me as a guy, if I hear that, I'm like, oh, I want to fix that. Like, I don't want to make Monica feel like shit. I don't want to make yeah. her like energy low. Like, I love when she's high vibe. Yeah. So I'm going to fix it. And you know what? It's not just even oh the God, hearing this. that. It's like the, can you, can you say the words, but can I really feel, feel you more than the words that are coming out of your mouth? Because you can say something like, hey, you, Brian, you're my hero for what you just did. But there's something different than when there's like this energy that comes out. Maybe there's tears in her eyes. Mm. Maybe there's like a little bit it's of sitting on the lap. It's that slow sensuality. Like it's yes. the slow movement. Like 
That's why also it's like if you're with a guy and you slowly blink or you slowly pick up your – it's just that slow, like, soft, sensual. Oh, my gosh. Like, she's doing it right now. Oh, it's, ha- it's, ha- it's happening. Yeah. Turn it fast. Speed it up. Turn it up. But, yeah, like, it fucking works. Yes, it does work. It does. It does work. Okay, let's jump into some of these questions because there is so many. Okay, first one, and my this is my favorite one ever. I know the answer to for me. Thoughts on period sex. I will just actually say – um, the last guy that I was seeing, um, I was like, oh, I'm all for period sex. Like, it's my favorite thing in the world, right? And he was like 30, never had it before. So he was like traumatized by the whole thing. And I get that like for a guy, it can be really overwhelming. Sometimes like blood everywhere. Thoughts, what do you like about it? Yeah, just, just jive on that. Oh, you can go first. <laughs> okay. That's all. That's all you. I'll step on this one first. Yeah. So, I've always been a yes. And what's interesting is that for some reason, for most of my life, like I thought that there was something chivalrous about that. Like I thought, I was like, oh, look at me. I'm not bothered by it. Oh, I like that. Okay. And and so like, I was like, look at me, evolved man who's like, and, Mm. but it really wasn't. It was just like, I wanted to have sex, right? (laughs) And and as I... As, as I've been learning about um, some of the stuff that, Monica, that you shared, and also yeah. another woman who came to one of our events called The Discerning Dick. We run this uh, live event series in New York City for men called The Discerning Dick, Sexual Wisdom for the Modern Man. And we had this one panel where so good. It, it's, it's been amazing. And we had this one panel where it was women teach men. The entire event was them teaching us. And, and one woman shared the, the cycles journey. And one of the things that she said was that, I'm finding that it's pretty black or white with a woman when it comes to whether or not she wants to have period sex. Mm. Either she's totally in on it or she's not. And that made me think back over the course of my interactions with a woman, sexually speaking, and I never, not having that awareness, I wonder if she didn't want to have sex. Mm. I wonder if she felt maybe that there was something that she was uncomfortable about or she didn't feel beautiful in the moment or she was doing it because she thought that I needed it or wanted it because I didn't have that awareness. Yeah. And here I was thinking I was oh. doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, but now it's been able, it, it, like that new awareness is going to allow me to have these conversations around, hey, how do you feel about it? Like, yeah. are you feeling sexual? Would you rather do just do something? Should we lie together? Should I put my yeah. hand on your belly? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Can we just look at one another? What would yeah. you be down for? And I think it's really important to also say from like a woman's perspective with this, it's like some women will get a massive increase in their libido when they get their period because of their hormones, right? Now that is like pretty normal and not like as in normal as in shouldn't be there, but it happens to everybody common as in PMS is common, but not normal. It's like really normal that will happen. If you find that you're just for like the women that are listening, if you find that when it comes to your period time and you do not want to be seen, touched, anything, like you could have a hormone imbalance, mm. right? So it's also important to be like, are my hormones balanced? And for a lot of women, if they hate their periods, duh, they don't want to lie in their own blood. Mm. Like if they can't even, if they don't even love that time of this, like the month, they're not going to want to be like covered in their own blood. Whereas me, I love my periods. So I'm like, yeah, let's lather this shit all over me. Mm. But like, <laughs> except for my face. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have. And um, also what breaks my heart a lot, but like a lot of women, a lot of my clients are asked the question of, and this is like, everyone always says yes. Of how many of you have had sex when 99% of you was like, yes. And 1% no, mm. because that's not good. Like you don't want, like you've got to be in a situation where you can comfortably say 
Like, I don't want to have sex with you, but I'm actually, like, kind of a no right now. And that's mm. okay. Because if you keep having sex when you don't want to have sex, it just, like, shuts you down and creates those energetic blocks that you don't want. Yeah. That, that's been happening. That, that's come up in conversation with a number of women I've, I've been speaking to recently where they have now stepped from this place of when they were at 1% no, they would still go for it yeah. after, you know, and, and like they were feeling the consequence of this. So they're no longer willing to stand for that. Yeah, so now they're speaking up and they're saying no. And now there's a, this new set of problems, which is the man's emotional reaction. Oh my that. God, I know, right? Because then it becomes that whole like men's, uh, women squashing men thing. And it's like, and then, and that, that's where I feel like there's such a problem with this. Oh, I don't even know how to word it properly, but it's like, such a big rape issue, such a big like abuse issue that now that's what I was saying when I was um, talking the other day of like women are squashing men and men, I feel like for so many men, they're afraid of like being forward for a woman because then he's like, oh, well, I don't want her to think that I'm being like rude or pushy or whatever. And it's like, fuck, where the hell's the balance to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, is is there a right answer? Well, yeah, I know, right? I feel like right? it depends on each person. I, I I feel like part of the work that Dominic and I do is there is a space, right? Was it Victor Frankl says that there's a space between a action and a response, mm-hmm. or a stimulus stimulus and response, right? And and sometimes that that in between that space is very very small. Yeah. So if a woman ha- rejects a man, all of a sudden he gets upset and the ego's yeah. bruised and like becomes angry. Yeah. And so a lot of the work we do is to help increase the size. Love of that it. space in between and to add instead of just a quick reaction in that space come into something with some curiosity mm. choice and yeah. choice and understanding that hey this is a no for this person this is not a reflection on me i know who i am yeah and that's again where that inner work is so important getting rid of those childhood wounds that e- all the ego crap like there are a lot of men out there that are very big egos as are women um but Boy, when you do the work, you can you know when someone hasn't done the work because they are triggered like no one's business and so unavailable for a conversation. Yeah. You know what was interesting was after the Bold Leap event, yeah. uh, th- there was a woman who came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, I've had so many men come up to me and tell me that they can protect me, that they're, that they're safe with me, you know, like that you can lean into me. And she's like, I hear the words. And I don't feel any of it. I feel a resistance because he's speaking a language, but he hasn't done the work. And she was like, when I saw the four of you guys on stage, it was Brian and I and two other like really embodied men. Mm. She was like, you said none of those things. You didn't say, you know, you're safe with me or I can protect you. She was like, I just felt this cord that connected me to the four of you because like there was this calmness to you. There was, there was a sense of Mm. you've done the work, you've gone to some place. And by the way, like, Brian and I are not angels. We're not perfect. Like a big part of our, our, our history before was like learning how to fumble around and get to the space. Yeah. I don't know if I shared this with you, Monica, but I spent four years in Sex Addicts Anonymous. No, between, you didn't share that. Okay. I didn't share that. That's a big part of my story. Okay. And that, that was from 2013 to 2017 because um, I, as a, from a very early age, I never learned how to embrace my sexual energy. It was something that was um, not welcome in the Catholic faith. In my household, it was taboo, and so like I learned to keep that self that side of me private. And I had these two separate worlds: the public-facing Dominic, the private Dominic, that like really liked this feeling, but felt I was doing something bad and wrong. Right. And that created like a real you know chasm between those two worlds over the course of time, where eventually mm-hmm. it broke down. And that was a big part of my journey on doing the inner work. You're so right about the energy thing, though, because one of my exes was like I actually met him at a Tony Robbins event, and. 
everything you did and blah, 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 like so masculine, yeah, 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 so safe. But like he had the biggest fucking mummy issues <laughs> and and I, I actually didn't feel safe with him. Like, yes, there was a trigger there for me as well from my past, but ultimately because he had in his brain like women not were out to get him but like his mum abused him so if ever I got really like because I'm quite fiery when I got fiery that triggered him and so ultimately I couldn't I didn't feel like I could be my fullest version and that I could be safe with him so that inner work it's like okay so back to how we can invite men in how can we invite men in to do the inner work because we all need to do the inner work and my favorite line from a guy is Oh, no, I don't have any issues. I'm like, well, you have so many issues. <laughs> so we just, ha- we just haven't found them yet. Let me hit your triggers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know his issues. <laughs> hey, you can see them. Yeah, the person yeah. who says they, they, they know themselves and they have no issues, those are the ones who have the most. The most. 100%. Those are the most dangerous people in the room because the yeah. they're always. blind. Yeah, yeah. Blind to it. Yeah. Always. Um, Brian and I are huge fans of the Trojan horse. So if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with what the Trojan horse is, it's basically like the concept of sell someone what they want and deliver them what they need. So for example, um, Mark Manson, who's famous for writing the book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. He wrote a book before that, which is called Models, Attract Women Through Honesty. And it was kind of a, um, a bookend to this other book that came out called The Game by Neil Strauss. So The Game by Neil Strauss Every man about 10 years ago who was a single man read this book. It was a pickup artist's dream. It kind of was written for men who had never gone out and who who didn't have game and who were constantly being rejected by women who were powerless over it. And Neil Strauss wrote this book that was highly manipulative, lots of techniques on how to make a woman feel less than so that a man could establish a place of superiority. Fuck. And so that like he could get back game and that stuff worked. And the way that we liken it is like basically that was the BP oil spill of the dating mm. world. Like eventually there was a cap put on it, but there's oil that's in the ocean. Like it's, it's like you're never going to clean it all up, right? Fuck, yeah. Mark Manson wrote a different book, which was about models um, attracting women through honesty. And when you first hear the word models as a man, you're thinking like supermodels. You think Victoria's Secret. And it has a double meaning. Part of it is he's talking about that. But the other part is he's talking about like model men. And the man who picks up that book is trying to attract a woman. So he's doing it not for like these um, altruistic reasons. He's like, I want a man. I want a woman. Mm. And I can't tell you how many men have come to us and told us, I got tricked into personal development by reading that book because it's not a pickup artist book. Even though I learned how to attract women, I learned how to talk to women differently. I learned how to build confidence and to approach women it was also, it was really about me doing the inner work. Wow. So like, so we should all hand out that book basically. It's, it's, I I wouldn't say it's like the, there's some stuff in there that Brian and I Mm. also would like, we we don't think it has enough of an emphasis on honoring women and respecting Mm. women. It's still like kind of myopically focused on a man getting what he wants without really broadening the conversation. But there's, it's a good first step for men who are like, I guess it's a good example of a Trojan horse. Okay. A man thinks he's buying a pickup artist book and then he's tricked into doing inner work. Well, and what I always say, because someone was asking at Bold Late Live about, about, she was saying how she's always like, uh, she just left an 11 year relationship and she wants a new one, blah, blah, blah. 
And I always say your man needs to be the cherry on top of your already perfect gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free cupcake, <laughs> right? So it's like you have to do the work beforehand so you get into a good relationship and so that when shit hits the fan, you know it's not my fault, right? Like you can let him do his thing. The whole like timing is important. Like you don't start blaming yourself because – Women have this thing where we blame ourselves. Like when a, relationship, when a relationship ends, we will run it through our brain a million and one times. What could I have done better? Where was I wrong to try and get him back, right? Because ultimately it's all about safety and, you know, like you can hunt and protect and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah, again, it's like fucking do the inner work because you are not to blame. Yeah. Like you are not to blame. I was actually – I just wrote down a question when you were talking. Um, so – when a man is picking up a woman, blah, 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 and doing all that fun stuff, how do you know when a man actually means what he's saying and not just saying the right things, right? Because you can fucking Google how to please a woman. How do you know when he actually means it? If we're, if you're going back to what they talked about in the game, mm. there's lines. There's ways to create a response in a woman, those lines only go about an inch deep. And so if a woman is curious, she'll slow the guy down and go deep and find very quickly that that we're already at the bottom. Yeah. And so a guy, if you look at the other book that Dominic referenced, Models, these guys are being authentic. They're living lives that are adventurous. They're living lives that are interesting. They have perspective. Mm -hmm. And that perspective really has no end. Yeah. And so going into what, what that is and getting the, to understand if the guy actually has a feeling and an emotion associated with his belief, you're going to know very quickly whether or not this is something real or is this a line that's coming out. And so if you see, if you think about like skipping a stone across water, right, that's the line, that's the game. If you drop it in, you go, and you see that thing drop, right, that's a real guy. That's a guy that's done the work. Love it, love it. Yeah. Where can we find more of them? <laughs> <laughs> Men's groups. Yeah. Men's groups, seriously. And then that's one of the, remember we talked about this the other day, which was. Oh, New York is good for all this shit. Australia just, I know it's a limiting belief. There are obviously places in Australia, but like you guys are so developed in this area. And because it's such a big population, you can have these things and they succeed. Yeah, well, so like what I, I've been to, I have some roots in Australia. I've been mm. there 10 times over the last three years. I have some like really deep relationships with men over right. there. And okay. the Mankind Project has been in Australia for over two decades. And okay, the Mankind, so we need to we'll Google that shit. Yeah, the, the Mankind Project. And from my understanding, they're all across Australia. Um, so there's deep work going on there. One of my good buddies, his name is Sam Webb. He runs a charity called Oh, yeah, Riven. yeah, yeah, I've met him, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Sammy? Yeah, well, I don't know, know him, but I've met him. Yeah, I was at an event with him and I met him. Oh, nice. I He's going to be here next week doing his TEDx talk. Or no, oh, this cool. week. It's on tomorrow. Holy shit, yeah, it's tomorrow. Oh, so he's cool. going to be, he's here. Okay. Um, and, and like he and the men that he runs with are also in that space because yeah. he's, he's working on like mental health and mm-hmm. destigmatizing yeah, yeah, yeah. that stuff. Too. It's actually quite interesting. Someone was saying to me at the event, like, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of work in terms of getting mm-hmm. rid of this idea of like there aren't good men out there because there are. There, are, I mean, I've got two sitting in front of you. Like there are, right? And as soon as I actually switched my thinking um, to be like, there are so many good men out there. There's, it's so easy to meet men because I was like, it's so hard to meet men. It's so hard to meet men. I started meeting them everywhere. Yeah. Like because I thought about it and I was like, you can meet them at the post office. You can meet them at Woolies, which is like 
a supermarket. Yeah. Um, you can meet them like everywhere. And then I started like meeting men when I was like getting jeans before I flew here last time. I had like a two-hour conversation with the guy in the shop. In the shop, and then it was like. Even like Uber drivers. One time I got picked up by the hottest Uber driver <laughs> ever. I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah, you've got to like, you've got to put your reticular activating system on that thought of so easy to meet good men. Totally. And, and one more point on this is, mm. is that once you meet a good man and he, he breaks open this new paradigm of what you mm. could ask for, like what you could expect from a man then, then you have like a model that you can witness and say, ah, oh, that's what it looks like. Mm. That's what he looks like. And then you're like, I'm, I'm no longer going to settle for whatever it was, where my bar was before. How can I find more like him? And that's when your reality that you just described mm. can start to crack open. It's going to happen in dressing room, outside the dressing rooms, hopefully, for, <laughs> at first, in Ubers, yes. at Woolies, and wherever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. Okay, amazing. So let's keep going. Next question. Okay. All right, this is a good one. Same as what we were talking about at the event. How do you deal with being, quote unquote, better slash more successful than your man? And of course, I'm assuming this is like people's idea of more successful, better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, I have a personal reaction to that, which is just just, just deal with it. Like, that sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I see see a relationship where it's just like, like we were two individuals, we're here, we have a purpose. My my number one belief in life mm. is that every human has a has a purpose. Yeah, and we're here for a reason. And when we come together in a relationship as a couple, like I want to see her do that. Yeah, and rock so it no matter what that is. So oh, hard. it's beautiful. Yeah. And I want to have the freedom to do that exact same thing, and then I want to come together and celebrate in whatever way that is. Yeah. And so I think I think the the easy answer for me is if a guy is not doing that, like conversations need to be had. Oh my god, I love that. And also from a, a woman's perspective, ladies, feminine, right? Like you can go to work and be really fiery, but like drop into like that feminine, soft, warm version of yourself where when you're at home, your man can take care of you and you're not still in the office. Because that was the biggest thing for me of like, oh, I can be like super guns guns blazing at work, but then allow myself to drop into that feminine so when I'm at home, I can be looked after and I'm not still looking after everybody else like I do at work. Yeah. And for men, one of the things that is often blind to us in, in with respect to our identities is what we believe it means to be a man. And so many of us have been raised to believe that to be a man, that we are providers, mm. that we are the ones who can protect and, and providing in some cases can come in that financial form. Um, and, 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 and what you're talking about, the question that was asked is, if a woman doesn't need your financial uh, well-being uh, because maybe she's way outperforming you, then a man could be like, what is my value? What is my yeah. use? And then also, when he goes drinking with his buddies, um, they'll relentlessly tease him, some may, mm. about him being like, the, she wears the pants. Oh, she tells you what to do. Oh, oh are, you know, that, are, that, like, are you a gigolo? That breaks my heart. Fuck. You know? So like, there, there's like, and, and yeah. so then, so, so there is some like real social things that, um, identity things that men have to consider. And, and that's why it's so important for a man to know where he can turn to re-identify to, to like really actually craft his own 
definition for what it means to be a man versus the one that was handed to him, which causes a lot of the friction. Yeah, okay. So let's say he's not making the money. How else can he be the quote-unquote provider, protector? How do you guys move through that? Ma, you, you already answered the question for, for yourself. It's you, fucked. No, no. <laughs> not that part. <laughs> We're going to go back to a different part of the conversation, not the I'm fucked part. No, so, so you already mentioned it because you you're talking about how women can go to work they yeah. can be sometimes in their masculine and be fiery. Yeah. And then what you described, what you wanted, you want to be able to come home, mm-hmm. flow into the feminine, and fall into the arms of a man that's there to support you. That requires zero dollars. So fucking true. And so I, so I think the answer is simply, like, what is it that, you're, that you need, that you're looking for that mass? What are you craving in that masculine? Is he a planner? Maybe he's planning a vacation so that you can go just flow inside that container of the vacation. Yeah. So, like, what is it? And for guys, we often don't recognize that that's a valuable role because we're doers. We want to do it. We want to plan it. We want to go. And so, in that case, like, we show that through our financial wherewithal or through our financial means. But there's other roles that we can play. And, and we, were, we were in a men's group here on Monday night. And my coach, my personal coach, Dominic, the previous personal coach, he came in to teach our men's group some stuff. And he was talking about, there was one guy that was talking, sharing a story, and he was talking about how important every other guy in the room was at that moment. Because like looking at a play, you have actors, you have maybe the lead, you also have the props, you have the backdrop, and without all of that, the magic doesn't work. And relationships are the exact same way. A guy can be a backdrop, and God, that sounds like beta, I'm an alpha guy, like, mm-hmm. but it's not. We flow and we move into these different places. So like being just the container, being the backdrop, being somebody to support when oh needed my God, this is, so much yes. is a beautiful role to play that we can do. And, and I never saw that as a role before. Because even I say this in business with like my clients, it's like, let's create your masculine shell so you can flow throughout it. And that could be just like a little bit of structure that you need so that you can then flow and you don't go way too feminine, flowy out of nowhere. But it's like, that's the same thing of like, he can provide just that like shell and that is not in any money. It could be literally anything. And then you can flow through that. Yeah. And we've heard for generations that behind every great man, there is a woman leading the way or there's a woman doing all the work. And the question that Brian and I want to ask is why can't we flip that script and say, you know, behind every successful woman, oh my God, there is a supportive yes. man helping her light to shine. And what, what we've started to notice is that women who are, are rising in the, say, entrepreneurial space or in male-dominated businesses or whatever business that they're in, it's oftentimes without the support of other men. And all, all that's needed is just like a little drop of support where a woman can feel that like this containment. And then she goes berserk. So I'll give you a, a really mm. uh, sp- specific example. There was a woman who I'm friendly with. Two years ago, we were spending some time together. She is one of the best at what she does in public relations. And I, like just top of the line in the country that she operates in. I'm just keeping her name private yeah. for you know personal reasons. Yeah. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, listen, if we get personal, how much money have you made in your best year? Yeah. And I'm expecting to hear something well over seven figures. Yeah. And so she said to me, $180,000. And we were driving at the time. I basically came to a screeching halt. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. $180,000. Now, that's not insignificant money. But for who she is, yeah. it's, it's like a drop in the bucket. I'm mm-hmm. like, how? 
And we ended up spending some time talking about that. And I was like, you're no longer, I'm like, you're not a seven-figure woman three years from now. You are a seven-figure woman today. Yeah. So like, what are we going to do differently? And she just made the, she was like, oh, okay. And she, her light switch, a lot like how you operate, mm. Monica. In the next six weeks, I think it was six to eight weeks, she pulled in $350,000. Oh my God, yum. Because <laughs> she just made but the decision and she the had women, someone speak to her. Yeah, we need to like women's number one need is love and connection. And we were talking about this last night on my group call with my coach and the other girls that are in our little like mastermind together. And it's funny, we're all like meeting our soulmates and like, it's just, we're, it's just this weird thing where we're all going through the same shit. It's amazing. And it was like, we were actually talking about how as a woman, this will quantum leap your growth in business because you've got that like next level love support container. So you can like have that massive expansion. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, if you're a woman in business, you need that love and connection and all that stuff if you want to grow your business. Like the two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. I'm going I'm to give that a yes and. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and we're back. It's a real and. It's yeah. a real and. and it's got, so it's yeah, a yes and. The love and connection, I totally get that. And it doesn't have to come from a boyfriend or a husband or, or whoever else. It can be uh, in Dominic's perfect case like story. Mm. Uh, he wasn't a boyfriend, but he was somebody that was a friend that was close. Yeah. That can provide that same sort of container. 100%. That's why even um, I said on my Instagram story this morning of like the containers of um, like group programs where the one that I'm in at the moment, we literally just paid our friends. That's all we're doing. We're paying to be together and talk. It is fucking magic because that like soul sister love connection and they're just friends it grows you because you've got that like warmth and protection and the people to lean back on when you need that so you can take those big leaps that are a bit scary because you're like oh nothing bad's gonna happen i've got people that still love me totally. and it's like that shit is important for your brain and that and that gives that we we're talking about space earlier that creates that space in which we can flow we can be creative mm. We're not coming from a place of fear. We're not coming from a place of like, this has to happen exactly this way or else. Love it. So good. Okay. Um, let's keep going. So um, what do men look for in a, uh, in a woman they want a relationship with? Oh, wow. <laughs> that is like, so that is such a broad question. Yeah. Right? And uh, so I think maybe the, be- the best way to answer it is to actually just answer from my own perspective. Mm-hmm. Because you ask this to 100 men, 100 men will, will answer it differently. For me... I want a woman who is lit up in her own life. Like she is fully engaged in her life. There's something that she's passionate about that she doesn't need me for and that I could support her on. That there's something that she could teach me about in this world, whether it's how to tap into my heart in a deeper way, whether it's how to love art because I don't. just just to, to, to expand my perspective and my world, I would love for her to be fully expressed in her sexuality and sensuality where she could receive at a oh deep level. Oh my God, level. stop, yum. Right? <laughs> and there have been times where like I've, um, I've, I've been with women who um, there, there's been some blockages and like yeah. I've wanted oh, to of, be there. A lot of women, a lot them. of women, yeah. And, and uh, listen, like, that, and I want to be very clear about this, is that just because you have a blockage doesn't mean you can't be open to working through that. Like as oh, long, 100%. Because I've got blockages, too. We all do. We're, right? we're fucking humans. Like, we all do. We all do. And, and it's the awareness of that and to be able to, like, hang with it and work with a partner. Because there have been times where I, I've reached dead ends and, uh, 
even with all the, 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 the techniques and the conversations mm -hmm. that I've learned how to start, sometimes people are just not willing to go there. Yeah. And I'm, I've felt like, oh my God, I have so much more to give and you, you're not able to receive it. And, and, and it felt disconnecting for me. Yeah. So those are the things that I'm looking for. I'm glad that you've mentioned that because I actually am like, I've, this is coming up more and more, this issue with women and sensuality and stuff in my work of like, they want to tap into that more like erotic version of themselves, but there is the shame in the blocks, whatever. And um, I'm doing a new program called Queen Alchemy and it's literally not about men. It's like your own pleasure. Because as a woman, if you if you don't think to, like, oh, my God, what about my best friend say? She was like, I can't remember what she said. Basically, it's like if you can't turn yourself on dancing in front of a mirror, then don't expect that you can turn your man on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, this work is, like, your own stuff. So even, you know, if you've got those blocks, you don't need a boyfriend or a husband to work through them. You just have to be willing to work through them for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I don't yeah. know if that rule applies to guys because I just thought about me dancing naked in front of a mirror. <laughs> and I got to be honest, I'm really turned off. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm also turned off by that. That's fair. Yeah. By, you, by the thought of you, I'm, I'm fine with myself. You could do, you could do the <laughs> dancing. Okay. Uh, and Monica, I just want to compare and contrast here really quick. Yeah. So Dominic, I'm going to take this audio clip afterwards. I'm going to pull it out and then put it onto YouTube and be like, women, this is what Dominic's looking for because yeah. <laughs> it was like, holy shit, man, that was, that was gorgeous. It um, was, it was so good. I want to compare and contrast that to a time right when I moved to New York and yeah. I was single yeah. and I was like, all right, I'm single. I'm going to go find, find the women or the, the woman that like, yeah, that's like for <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> So I did what I think probably a lot of guys do. Yeah. I went to my Excel document. And oh my God. I started wow. Yeah, I started to write out all the things that I wanted, right? Yes. I want funny, I want a nice butt, I want a big yeah. smile, I want I want someone that's successful, I want somebody that yeah. challenges me, I want like like all of these like blah 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 sort yeah. of things, right? And then I, I prioritize them, of course, in another column and wow. I had a one, a two, a three, and then I said a must have, a nice to have, like cannot have, right? You have your 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 no have list. Yep, wow, love this. Right. And so I'm talking to I'm a friend glad about we're it. not the only one that do this. <laughs> yes. So this is this is true that and by the way, I'm not recommending this, yeah. but this is what I did. And so I had a conversation with a friend, and he's like, well, what's on your list? Because we are doing it together. It was a group. It was a buddy thing. We are doing a yeah. buddy thing. And he's like, what's on your list? He's oh like, God, what's on your must-have list? This. And he goes, and I, I was like, well, she needs to be funny. I want somebody that's funny. Yeah. He's like, that's fair. I totally get that. Like, you're kind of a funny guy, and like, I can see you guys being funny together. That's great. He's like, what else? I'm like, butt sex. <laughs> he's like, and he goes, What? He's like, you have butt sex in your top five must-haves? Like, why? Oh, my God. Fuck that. I'm like, look, because I've dated somebody in the past they weren't willing to explore, and I feel like that says a lot about somebody that's not willing to, like, look at different perspectives and everything else. So, butt sex. Oh, my God. I tell the story only because, like, I, it's at that point in my life, I didn't do the work. I didn't, yeah. I, I hadn't done any inner work. Yeah. And yeah. so I thought funny and butt sex was, like, top of the game. <laughs> And you wonder why for years I was going yeah. in the wrong direction. Mm. And so what Dominic's talking about is he's, there's, I don't know, I personally don't know a lot of guys that could yeah. describe what Dominic described in terms yeah. of what he wants. Yeah. I think a lot of guys are more on where I was at with the Excel document. Yeah. So when, when I, that's what I was identifying. And I identified women that like butt sex and I identified funny women and none of them were the right ones for me. Yeah. So the point is a lot of times we can't articulate. Yeah what exactly it is that we want. Mm. Okay. So basically, just be yourself. Is be, the answer. Do, do the work. 
Yeah. And and then know yourself. Wait, are we yeah. talking to men or women right To now? women. Like, as in, as a woman, I see. be you, and, like, the right man will love that. Mm. Yes. And, and, yes. Also, and also, like, the, the right man will learn how to love, will learn how to love that also. Because mm. there's, like, a teaching process to yeah. it as well. Like, there's... I think about the, the relationship that probably transformed my life was with a woman named, she's like my, my best friend now. Her name is Grace Gold. Um, I dated her right after I graduated college. Most now of everyone's my ex- going to Instagram stalk her. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. phenomenal. So Grace was like my first portal to diversity. Mm. So like I'd grown up in a really whitewashed uh, like uh, neighborhood in Ramsey, New Jersey. Went to a pretty white, um, homogeneous school, University of Richmond in Virginia, and had some amazing like friends and experiences. Yeah. But I, it was my my worldview was narrow. She's half Indian um, and half Jewish, and wow. she didn't like sports. She didn't drink. Like these were the biggest things in my life. Mm-hmm. And she taught me how to love reading the New York Times. She taught me personal development. She was the woman who introduced me to personal development. She gave me the way of the superior man by David. Oh Dewey. my god, that book is so fucking good. Amazing, right? Amazing book. She was the one who sent me to the Landmark Forum for my very first personal development program. Mm. And so she taught me. And, and she speaks the, queen, the King's Code. She, she, was always, she always knew how to get me to listen in a way that I could hear her. Fuck, I need to study that Alison Armstrong book. She's amazing, yeah. Okay. And Grace just had this naturally about yeah. her. Like She just knew how to do it, but she, she followed the same principles mm. and led me. She just put breadcrumb after breadcrumb after breadcrumb, and I picked them all up. She knew what she was doing, but it also made... And I knew what she was doing. But it made me feel really good. Yeah. And my whole world has changed because of her influence. There, there is nothing more beautiful than a woman fully in her power and fully expressing her depth. Because we have so much to learn and it's exciting. It's things that we just we can't do on our own. Mm. And so like, to answer your, your question directly, yeah, be yourself. Like bring it. Because again, I didn't know what I didn't know to put in the Excel document. <laughs> <laughs> and I've learned, like Dominic's learned, like just things from women that I never would have touched the surface on, didn't know exists yeah. in this world. Oh, so juicy. Okay. Um, all right. What is the hardest thing about being and growing up male? That's a really good question. The hardest thing? Yeah. yeah. That's what she said. Um, I'm going to use something that I shared at the, at the Bold Leap Live event, which was in, in Esther Perel, the brilliant author and therapist and... Mm. Um, she's written the book Mating in Captivity, The State of Affairs. Uh, I went to her event in New York City called The Paradox of Masculinity. And she said that femininity, um, your divine feminine comes kind of like as a natural birthright. She says, when you have your period, like you're a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's obviously a lot more that comes to it than that, but she's like... And I want to preface for all the women that don't have their periods because they've lost them. You're still a woman. Keep going. Ah, thank you for... Yeah, yeah. But that like signals the kind of like the transition from girl to woman. Mm -hmm. And she's like, for men, it's not quite the same. Masculinity is not a natural birthright. Men have to go out and earn it and then vigilantly maintain your masculinity over a course of life's actions. And in that respect, it works a lot like how trust works. So you can spend your entire life building trust and then you can lose it in an instant because trust is fragile. And as it turns out, so is masculinity. And so men constantly hear things like, don't be a pussy, suck it up. Are you going to take that? These are constant threats. Grow some balls is a good Australian one as well. What is it? Grow some balls. Grow some balls, right? Yeah. I mean, we have that here too. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's constantly like these 
moments of reckoning as to whether or not a man gets to keep his manhood. Mm. And we don't even recognize that, that we're constantly in defense mode. We constantly have our swords and shields up to try and defend. Are we man enough? Can we stay in this group of guys where maybe they're chugging, you know, maybe they're on their 17th shot. And if I stop doing shots with them, I'm a pussy. Um, if I don't go up and, uh, and approach that woman, and if I don't have sex with her that night, even if I don't want to, but if I don't have a story to tell the guys the next day, Fuck, I'm not a man. Yeah. And these, and like, we don't even recognize how deep this goes in because we're just constantly trying to preserve our masculinity yeah. and we become very reactive. And, and that's, and that is one of the, and, and most men can't articulate that because we don't see it. It's like, we're so in the matrix of it that until we have conversations like these, we can step back and look at how much of our life's actions have been defined by preserving my own manhood. And the irony wow. in all of this is the the most powerful dude in the room is the guy that can say no because I don't have to. Mm. No, because it's not aligned with me. I I know guys like that. I was like, whoa, I don't I don't think I want to hang out with you because you scare me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Like fall in line. Wow. So that that piece of it as far as growing up and what masculinity is, certainly. Yeah. And by the way, let's just be very clear, it's awesome being a man. That, that was just, I'm just answering the question. Being a woman. Exactly. Hell yeah. 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 I just, I feel like when you are tapped in, in alignment, you know your powers, then you love being a man or a woman and Hell you don't yeah. want to be anybody else because you love you. Um, okay. Next one. Um, oh, this is a good question. Can you describe the feeling a man feels when he know he, when he knows he's in the right relationship? I know who wrote this. How does a man feel when he's met a soulmate? You're talking to two single dudes here. Uh, okay, well, how do you know okay. when you are like, when you see a woman then, and you're like, damn, she is wife material. Let's do that. Yeah. Wife yeah. material. Wife material, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I, I like both of these questions. Yeah. I'm going to go to the, the specific question that you asked first. Because I have had, uh, sen- I've had sensations, I've had feelings before mm. for women that I was like, wow. Okay, like cool. this feels really aligned. Um, number one, I was ready. Mm. I was consciously yeah. Fuck, that's ready. Good. That's, yeah, okay. There was a lot. I had a, I had a limiting belief in my life that I had to be super successful, that I had to be on top of my game before I could be ready for a woman in a real relationship. And so I went through a period of years where I dated women that were exactly not who were aligned for me. And I couldn't really feel it in the moment. And I didn't know I had that belief at that time. This is only in retrospect and yeah. starting to do the inner work and uncovering all this. I go, wow, I've been dating the wrong women because I wasn't ready. Yeah. And so step one is like, are you ready? Mm. And what does ready mean to you? And what is the type of relationship that you want? Do you want a monogamous relationship? Is that where you get your power? Do you get your power from an open relationship? What do you really want? So I think that's the first step. The second step is like once you do that and you're clear on it and you state that, and I'll state that, let people know. Number two is, is you will feel it in your body. Um, I remember I was talking to Dominic when I was considering dating a woman that I met a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dominic, I don't know if you remember this conversation. I was like, I can feel it in my stomach. Yeah. I can feel oh, it in so my good. legs. It just it feels different. Yeah. And that woman in that period of my life like, changed a lot mm-hmm. for me. And I felt connected. I stayed in conversations that were argumentative, that were combative, longer than I ever would have in the past. I would have ran out yeah. 
And one might argue, well, Brian, you're not together now. And I said, yes, but what, like, what I learned in that relationship, and I believe what she learned in that relationship was precious and something that we'll both take yeah. throughout the rest of our lives. So it's that feeling, it's that, it's that being ready, it's that feeling internally, and like, I, I feel as though the want to stick it out and to stay in it. Yeah, that's a good point. The want to stick it out during the hard times and not walk away. So good. Oh, that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, Dominique. So I had this, um, I had this experience maybe over the last like four or five months where, um, Brian, your point is so spot on. Like I, for the first time in my life, I really felt ready, like really ready to and excited to be in a relationship, right? And I came across a woman who, who I still have not met yet, mm. um, but I've come across her work and she's pretty big in, you know, in, in this space that you're in and, yeah. um, and I've had a chance to witness her. And there was this, um, uh, like this immediate feeling of, holy shit, I didn't know I could ask for that. Wow. Because in my life, I'd been told like what I'm looking for. And you heard a little bit of me de- like mm. describe what I was looking for before. I've been told that it's too much. I've been mm. told that like I can't find all of that in one person. I've been told that like you can't be so desire, you can't desire someone on a physical and spiritual and sexual level and also like intellectually and then also have her... And, and I was starting to believe that. And then when I saw this woman and I listened to her work and I could see her heart and I could see her beauty on all these different planes, I felt something that I'd never felt before. And I, I, obviously, I would like to meet her. I would yeah. like to see what would happen in person, even, even if that never happened. The, like what she has cracked me open to, this possibility of, oh my God, if, 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 if you know, there could be someone else out there, there could be other, and if it's not her, it would have to be something better Better, than that. yeah, yeah. That's always a good thing to remember, right? Like this or something more. Yes, exactly. And, and so just even sitting at, in that over the last four or five months without having met her, like my life has expanded. Mm-hmm. I already feel more fulfilled even though I'm not in a relationship, but that's how it felt for me. On this topic, can I ask, so what happened, what do you guys do? Because I know guys are a bit different in terms of this stuff with women. When you get overwhelmed by the intensity of the emotion. Because when I get overwhelmed by the intensity of the emotion, I just like cry and call my girlfriend. But then what do you guys do? And like she just hears me like screaming on the phone, like, oh my God, it's so intense. I can't deal with this. We, we cry and call our <laughs> guy friends. <laughs> Okay. Um, I saw Dominic making a jerking motion with his hand <laughs> to my left here, and I think he's—I think his answer is masturbate. We masturbate when it's overwhelming. Dominic, do you want to tell that story, and then I'll, ju- I'll jump in afterwards? Do I have a story about that? Well, I think you masturbated a lot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, so like that—that that was kind of like my mechanism for a, a big part of my life, which was um, the the only like emotional uh, outlet that I had. For like, and I learned this like from a very early age, thirteen, when I first discovered masturbation. It became yeah. I didn't have breath work, I didn't yeah, have yeah, yeah. meditation, I didn't yeah. have inner work, I didn't have men to talk to about this stuff. It was kind of like, oh, there's this thing between my legs that feels like a crank I can pull on, and, and get, <laughs> you know, anytime I want, it's like this feeling of heroin, right? And and so that became my catch-all mm. for frustration, for boredom, for anxiety, for whatever. And I think a lot of men do that also. It's like they'll distract themselves in porn. They'll distract themselves in masturbation. Some guys will go and work out. So, you know, I'll Is there any way that a woman can support a man then when she knows that he's getting emotionally overwhelmed? 
Well, there, there's a Dominic mentioned one thing, right? Masturbation, mm. and we have a choice when we're starting to feel that. One, do we recognize that we are overwhelmed? Yeah. Oftentimes, I'll be feeling just a bunch of like, eh, a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, yeah. oh fuck, I'm overwhelmed. Interesting. Mm. Like part of my morning routine, my, my practice is checking in with myself. Mm. What am I feeling physically? What am I feeling emotionally? And it's oftentimes not until I do that, I sit in quiet, where I'm like, oh, I actually feel overwhelmed right now. That's why I'm not moving as fast, whatever it may be. So one, do, do I know that I'm overwhelmed? Um, most and, guys and, don't. Yeah, like most you, guys you've don't. You've created that space between stimulus and response so that you can actually identify that, but like the majority of men yeah. have not. And, and women probably can tell to your point, that a guy is overwhelmed before he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. So then once we recognize that we have a choice, we can either numb it out, like yeah. just like make it go away, right? Yeah. Masturbation, drinking, drinking an- anger, right? Anger will numb it or release it sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes that's an okay thing to do depending on how it comes out. Yeah. Or we can process it. The way I process it is talking with friends. I process it in meditation. I process it on a whiteboard. I'll just start writing. I look, it looks like beautiful mind, crazy person in my apartment. I always have a big whiteboard up and going. Um, Running for me, running and just thinking through it, listening to like some sort of music or even a podcast. Yeah. That helps me. And so I I have gotten to tools that help me process it because before that I was just either suppressing everything, numbing it out or expressing it in really angry ways. Well, ultimately, even if you do suppress it, it's going to come out sometime. And it'll probably come out a lot worse. A lot worse. Right. Yeah, like a freaking exploding champagne bottle. Um, okay, cool. Beautiful. So, um, what next question. What is the best way to support your man in building back his confidence? Hmm. My, my immediate reaction, I should probably think on this before, before speaking, but it's not your responsibility. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw that. Yeah, it's not your responsibility to build him back up. And at the same time, you can be a huge, huge, huge help mm. in doing it. And like what we always say, like be the light. Like it's not your job to fix somebody and you don't want to tell a man he needs fixing, but like be the light on your own journey. Like so many people when they do the work and then they just show up as that new version, people are like, oh, I want a bit of what she has. And then they'll ask. And then when there's an invitation for help, you can give it. That theme came up quite a bit at the at the event that we met at, right? It was it was it seemed like there was a a big theme of men who were dating the women in the room or married to the women in the room who didn't feel like a sense of enoughness. Yeah. And and one of the things that that really illuminated my understanding of of women inside of relationships is like women in the room were asking, like I've played all these different roles in the relationships I've been in, right? Like I've been the therapist in one, I've been the mom in the other. Again, never be the therapist. Right. You didn't like you don't you don't want and it's yeah. constantly like this, what role can I play? Because that role comes from a deep place of like wanting to serve and also mm-hmm. wanting to connect. But like, it sounded like many cases, women lose themselves 100%. as a result of it. And take yeah, that that question, I was like, you don't need to play any role. You just got to be you. Yeah. Like if you need to play a role, there's, some, there's a piece missing somewhere because your, your responsibility is not to be the mum or to be the therapist. Like ultimately, that's not going to lead to a successful, sustainable relationship if you're trying to be something in the relationship in order to make him feel good, right? Like you're being a role in order to fulfill him and fulfill you. But that's on a, on a, on, on a deeper level, it's fucked up. For sure. And so it's not your responsibility mm. and... That like I I would we love want the to. And. <laughs> this is an actual and again, is is and also like you you do have a remarkable ability to boost the confidence yeah. of the person that you're with. So like there's like that 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 paradox of like non attachment and 
And what we're talking about here is, again, speaking to the man's, like to speak to the king inside of him. And so if there's like a part of him that you've witnessed that's magical, and to like leave a little breadcrumb where he can be in action and move towards, say he's a creator, or say that he's a provider, or say that he's, I don't know, he's a great listener, to just like call out that version of him in little small ways, and then you create enough of those little moments that he's in momentum now. Because like yeah. when, when he's stuck and when he's spiraling, mm-hmm. it's hard to get out of that, and then maybe like a few of those pieces to get him out of that spot can get, it, get him back on the confidence trajectory. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, next question. Um, oh, what do you do if your man just isn't that intersex? Are some men just not? Some men are just not. All humans right, yeah. are on a spectrum of, of how much sex they want, what kind of sex they want. And then that, mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. But my again immediate reaction to that is totally depends on the is it depends on the person, but also like just like everything else we've been talking about, like find your match. Mm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, th- th- there's something. So Brian and I aren't like we're not uh, therapists, we're not yeah. doctors, so we don't have like the history. And so, but but we can speak from our own personal experience. Is there are people who are asexual, right? And, yeah. and so like there there actually isn't uh, the the desire to have sex. And also there's there's one other thing I'd be curious about. Having spent four years in Sex Addicts Anonymous, I've seen a lot of men who are in, in the 12-step rooms around sex addiction who came there because of porn. Because mm-hmm. there's, um, they've built up a lifetime of spending isolated moments with pornography, which they, they go to for a variety of reasons. And I don't want to villainize porn because it's not the villain. It's usually like yeah. a, a symptom of something deeper rooted. Yeah. But what can happen is um, the porn can become desensitizing to real sex. It can, um, it can lead to a reduced desire to connect with another human being because that can be fearsome yeah, uh, to, to really be rejected. Scary. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'd, I'd wonder also if maybe that partner um, is, is sexual, but in private. Mm. And, and that, that is a delicate issue to broach, mm. but usually a woman can intuit I always say, I'm like, just ask your womb. Like, the amount of times I'll be like, what's he thinking? And then I'll literally just tap into a meditation and I'll get all the answers. Mm. Like, we're so intuitive. Just ask yourself what he needs and and you'll get it. Okay, this Mm. is a really good question I just saw before. Um, Do you think women are high maintenance? Now, I've got my own answer, but do you guys think women are high high maintenance? Some are. Mm. So some men are high maintenance too. That's true. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, for example, like I, the, the, the examples that came to mind, I was just thinking about the, the former world that I was in with work. Um, uh, so I, I used to run a sales organization in a financial services business. And I'm thinking of one of my financial advisor relationships, a woman who I'm, I'm, I'm still very close with. High, high maintenance. Like I'm talking top echelon. It was anytime there was a phone call, to me, it wasn't just about business. It was about navigating all of the emotions that she was dealing with. And it was always put on, dumped on my lap. I was like a, like a dumpster for all of right. whatever was going on with her. And at that time, I didn't know how to create boundaries. So yes, it, like, it felt very high maintenance. Mm-hmm. And then I think about another financial advisor where it was like, it was energy giving all the time. So I don't think it's women are high maintenance. Some people are. Some people okay. are. And one of the things that my coach, uh, my, my spiritual sexual intimacy coach, John Wineland, talks about is that men's nervous systems haven't been adequately trained to navigate the emotions of a woman. 
mm. and, and to, to navigate the power of a woman. So for example, like let's just say a, a stunningly beautiful woman walks down the street, a man's nervous system could go fucking haywire. And like he could be stopped in his tracks. Like he will lose sight of everything that's going on, lose his breath. Like we've all experienced this sensation. And like wow. words don't even come out of our mouth the right way. You so know? that thing on movies where guys like can't talk, it's like actually it's can happen. Oh, that's real. Wow. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. And like the emotional thing is also a thing as well. So like if, if a woman is in her storm and her fury and her fire, or maybe she's just like spiraling and a man hasn't learned how to train his nervous system to contain that, he can feel overwhelmed and what and collapse under it, especially, and I saw this a ton in Sex Addicts Anonymous, where there was a lot of men who were in there who had emotionally abusive mothers, emotionally overwhelming mothers, narcissistic mm. mothers, needy mothers who made their sons surrogate husbands, and and the kids, uh, the, the kids who then turned into men, couldn't navigate, were triggered by a woman who was like in that fury and passion because they hadn't, they hadn't had their systems trained to navigate that. Oh my God, so fucking interesting. I was at, I'm from Chicago originally. Okay. And I was at a street festival in Chicago and I see this beautiful woman cross the street. I was like, oh man, I want to go talk to her. But then I got into like, well, what do I say? And like, how do I like, like, what do I do? And I'm sitting there talking to a buddy of mine and we're in conversation for like three hours on this. Like, what do I do? Like, what's yeah. my first line? Oh my like, God, like yeah. give me another vodka lemonade. Like, ah, right? Like, like, okay. so then the, the, the sun's starting to go down. The street, oh the street, my God. The street festival is like she's getting ready to clear out. country by now. Yeah. Well, she's like still there with her girlfriend okay, and we made okay. like no eye contact whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I remember her like, they, like leaving the place and walking. I'm like, yeah. now is the opportunity opportunity to, to trail her and be super creepy <laughs> yeah. so i did i trailed her oh my god i love this and i felt a little strange doing it but i remember trailing her and all of a sudden like she turns around like as i'm trailing her and i am like a deer in the headlights and i don't know what to say i look down and there's this hose from the street festival and it's spurting some water and like, the first thing that came to my mind was like spray and i was just like oh my god i almost sprayed all over you oh. Oh, Jesus. And she's like, excuse me? I'm like, no, 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 the water, there's a hose. And she's like, what? I'm like, can I just get your number? She's like, no, like, who are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> so when Domina talks about this thing of overwhelm. This is, that, this is, that's the best story ever. Oh, it was just so embarrassing. I, I walked back with my head between my legs, like, to my friend. He's like, how'd it go? I'm like, you saw how it went. <laughs> don't, ask before, me, don't ask me stupid questions. Totally. And I totally, and I ended up, it was so Aww. funny. You know those people in life that you like, yeah. you, you see them in a lot of places? She ended up being one of those women. That oh, like, no, and right. she, she'd look at me and be like, mm, mm. spray guy. <laughs> nah, I don't like that guy. <laughs> You're a story in her life now. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah she's telling guy. this story yeah. in a different perspective, in a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with that, actually, so Australian men generalization are way less confident than American men. So you guys will typically... Seriously? Yeah, so you guys will typically go up to women in bars and, like, talk to women. Oh, no, that does not happen, generally speaking, 90% of the time in Australia. Like, will not. A guy will stare at you for the whole fucking night, but he will not come up to you. Okay, well, I'll give you my... What do you do as a woman? Like, because I'm very much, like, I really like a guy to make the first move. Not out of cockiness, but I'm like, I want you to want me. Like, I just... I, I need a man that's very, very confident. So... Yeah, I saw something that Ma- I saw something that Matthew Hussey did about this mm. uh, recently, and I actually dig Matthew Hussey's work. So if, you, if you're not familiar with Matthew yeah, Hussey's yeah, no, no, dating he's, coach, yeah, he's and great. These are some of your listeners who yeah. may not know him. Yeah, um, I follow him on Instagram, and he did one on this recently where he, he actually shows what like a woman can do at a bar mm. to to invite a man over. Okay, and it has a lot to do with like 
the eye contact and, and like holding the eye contact with a particular kind of smile, holding it longer than maybe like you feel a little bit comfortable with, yeah. but not too long where it becomes that like, you know, like it, like it can tip over into something free. else. Yeah. 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 And, and, and to recognize that it may take more than one of those, mm. more than one of those eye contacts to, for the man to feel like he's ready to come over. Because like Brian said, like the three hours can go by before a guy's like worked up his confidence and he could have too many drinks. And then when he comes over, like he's toasted. Well, and like, so in Australia, the typical guy that come over to you has had like 50 drinks, right? Yeah. Because big drinking culture. And then you're like, get away from me. Like you are so drunk. Or as a woman, you're like, the only reason you're coming over to me is because you're so drunk. Like you didn't have the balls. I know it's not, I shouldn't say that, but you didn't have the balls to come over when you first wanted to. Well, so here's, here's the other thing, Monica, mm. is like... <laughs> Maybe maybe you can have an appreciation for this, but do you realize how fucking hard? Oh uh, yeah, I would never be able, I would never be able to do Cause, it. Because like okay, yeah. like it would be hard I do enough. Appreciation for that, yeah. If like you were by yourself and I were to walk over and to get rejected by you is one thing, but now if you're surrounded by like three or four women like a fortress, <laughs> and I've got to go over there and somehow figure out how yeah. to not come in from behind you, how to not interrupt your conversation, how yeah. to not squeeze in between your friend who de- clearly looks like she's protecting you, yeah. and I have to disarm her. Do you realize like how many things yeah, are on so, our minds? Yeah, With so all true. the eyes of your guy friends watching you watching do it? You yeah, also, like, you're, yeah. you're like in the ring about to get slaughtered, yeah. and so... Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, so, so just think about. So that invitation really important. Yeah, think about so he invite. knows things not going to fail. It, yeah, or, or, or like, there's always a possibility of failure. Right. But it's like, can, can, can he feel good walking up knowing? Okay, it looks like she's given me some sort of permission. Her yeah. friends also look like they're not going to be the. What's this fucking guy doing? He's got 20 seconds to prove himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, there, there's that. Oh my God, I, love that. I, I read a study recently that said that in, in cases where nobody's met before, like let's say a bar situation that we're talking about here, 85% of the time, a woman makes the first move. Hmm. Now, the first, wow. the first move is not, hello, my name is, right. or, and it's not walking over. But the first move is that eye contact. That first movement is positioning the body, the feet towards the guy. And women do this instinctively. They're, they don't, they're not trying to do anything. But 85% of the time, that's what, that's what... And if guys are paying attention, right, if they can see that, they can jump on it. But oftentimes we miss it. Oh, my God. So good. Okay. I don't think you guys are going to be able to understand uh, um, answer this, but we'll see how we go. How may it feel to be on your side of pregnancy? I'm assuming neither of you have impregnated anybody. No. So. What, what do you think the, the What do you think the question is asking? What, what What's it like to be a man when your woman is pregnant? Can, so we, we can share some of the stories that we've heard yeah. from men because a lot I mean, of. I mean, I'd be are... loving it. I think women that are pregnant are the hottest things walking around. Mm. They're just like fucking amazing. Yeah. So I think we we've heard some run the gamut type of responses. Some of the men have shared with us, like, wow, I've never been able to experience my wife in, in, in this place of, like, motherhood before. And I can see how she's caring for herself, how she's going to care for our child when the child comes. And in some cases, like, if the woman is pregnant for the second time or third time or multiple times, like, that, that adds to their allure of who she is and the dimension of her as a woman. Oh, I'm dying right now. This is so good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and we've, we've had guys share that. Um, Men have also expressed frustration mm. because there are now feelings and, and behaviors that she's demonstrating that she doesn't understand herself 
he clearly doesn't understand, doesn't know how to navigate, hasn't had any training on it, so he can feel helpless. Um, his sexual urges have not necessarily changed, maybe hers have. Mm. And so he starts to feel like needy around that. Mm. Um, and one of the other things is, men have said this in, in some of our events, like um, after she's been pregnant, after she's had a child, her sex drive is just gone. It's, yeah. it's left. And that's not been true based on what, what women have shared with us. But things have changed, and a man doesn't know how to navigate that. And one of the things that women have told us is that a man still has this, like, when a man has the expectation that he deserves sex, that it becomes an obligation for her, mm, she now yeah. pushes, now she wants it less because, like, she's yeah. now, she, she's responsible for so much. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me I have another thing, which is to satisfy you, and sex becomes an obligation, not like this dance between us. Yeah. Then she shuts down, they both go further apart. And yeah, totally. And also, like, um, I say that, like, you know, when, when you're, um, like, as a woman, you've got, like, your accelerator for your turn-ons, your brakes, and your handbrake. If you are really stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, you will not want sex. But, oh, and, no, it's actually but. Um, <laughs> if your man, like, imagine if he, like, makes you dinner, like, he ran you a bath, looked after the kids, she'll want to then have sex, generally speaking. Because, like you said, she then doesn't have the responsibility. She's being taken care of. So her sex drive, her libido is actually able to come back up as opposed to being squashed by being exhausted, tired, stressed, Mm. and wanting to punch a wall. Mm. Stress hormones kill sex Sex hormones. Yeah. Fact. So, so. Oh, and so what we found out was if a man wants to, if a man wants to create an environment for more intimacy with his partner, become a magician at mm. reducing your woman's stress. A hundred percent. And that's what you were just talking about. 100%. Take care of the kids, run yeah. the bath. That's why that works. Exactly. And that's why it's really important for a woman to know her own pleasure. So he's like, so she can be like, if you cook me dinner tonight, you are going to be a lucky man, right? Like knowing what it is, not just in the bedroom that what turns you on, but like what outside of the bedroom like makes you feel good. So that if that he knows, this is my little list. I can choose two things from the list tonight and then... She'll be feeling amazing, and then we'll have sex. And and do it without the expectation of sex. Correct. Oh shit! Yes. Right. The, if the correct. intention if the intention is like I'm gonna get sex here, then nothing is gonna come across, right? That shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're not stupid. Monica, that list that you were talking about yeah. is so important. Like guys love prescriptions. Mm. Like if so, like w- one of the things that uh, Lauren Baptiste, who's a women's coach, came to one of our events and, and told us about the four stages of a woman's menstrual cycle. Yeah, that's and what like, I was saying about my dude's guide to period phases, the ebook. Yeah. I downloaded it. Yeah, yeah good, I got it. Good, it's in my good, inbox good. right yeah. now. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and like with each one of those stages, she was like, "And here's what a woman's thinking, and here's what yeah. questions you should ask her, and here's what like whatever." And the guys in the room were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, okay, just if if you tell us what to do. And we have that list that we can right. go to. Then we're, we usually follow those instructions. And this is where it's like, women, it's your responsibility to do that. Like, you need to know yourself so you can say, in my luteal phase, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. And if you do X, Y, and Z, it will make me much happier. And then we'll both be much happier. But if you don't communicate that, you can't expect him to read your brain. Bingo. Yeah. Please, we don't read brain, brains yeah, very I well. Wish you did, but yeah. We Some don't. Of us do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read brains all that well. Okay, let's do a few more because I bet you this has already been like two hours. Um, oh, this okay, let's do this one. What do I do if my man doesn't activate his masculine of his own? I don't know. I think she means what do you do if your man isn't in his full masculine without you activating it? 
Does that make sense? As a guy, like that that even the question is just kind of like, ooh, mm. like, like I don't think there's a lot of guys walking around and be like, am I in my full masculine? I'm not sure if I'm in my full masculine. Like, okay, how okay. do I be in my full masculine? It's like, I'm a dude. You're masculine. I'm yeah. a guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. what? Yeah, cool. You know, so so I, 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 what I'm curious, the question behind the question mm. is, what are the attributes of the masculine that she's looking for? Right? Is it somebody that can that can create that space? Is it somebody that can cannot react? Is it somebody that can that can support? Yeah, and this and is we talked about a lot of that a lot yeah. of that already. And this is where I used to think, oh my god, he's gonna be more masculine when I was really masculine. It was actually I needed to be more feminine. So uh, I kept wow. saying to him, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, and he was like, why don't you fucking be feminine? Wow. Right. So that's really it works two ways. And I, I th- because we're in this space, we hear a lot of masculine and feminine, and mm. we know what that means, and we know it's different than man and woman. But most of the guys that we work with have no idea what the hell that means. When you say yeah. masculine, they're thinking like, oh, like, you know, give me an axe, I'll chop down a tree. <laughs> that, that's what they think that's of masculine. That's also good. I like watching that. <laughs> yeah. yeah like we, we, like, we like throwing axes. Actually, there's like this whole thing of like axe throwing places that have popped up all over the United States. One like of the like, girls mm-hmm. last night said that she went, um, she was... She went to go skydiving and then she ended up going gun shooting. Yeah. And, and what did she say? She said something like she was in LA and she was like, she was with her fiance or a boyfriend or something. There was a boyfriend. And the guy was like, oh, your boyfriend will know how to do this. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, he'll just know how to shoot a gun. I was like, okay. Anyway, that was total side note. But it was really <laughs> like, it was just like, we, when, did she, when she said that, we were all like, what the fuck? And she, anyway, <laughs> back to the question. Yeah. I, so back to the question. I don't think I don't think most guys. And this is this includes me up until recently, like a few years ago. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant to be masculine or feminine. I didn't realize that mm. I had feminine energy inside of me. That everyone was on a spectrum of some kind, and that there's like places to dance with it. So I think the first stage is even just educating your partner on like what is it what what does masculine mean? How does it differentiate from being a man? Mm. And what is the what are the dynamics and attributes of that? Yeah. So there's a teaching moment that's there. And, and part of what Dominic and I are doing is taking taking this information of like what is masculine and putting it into words that guys understand. Yeah. Because I know it's same, similar to Dominic. When I when I read the book Way of the Superior Man the first time, yeah. I almost didn't make it through the first two chapters. Oh my god. Because I was like, oh, like, yeah. oh, why? Because I, I, I questioned. Think it was slow at the beginning anyway. And I was like, well, okay, the, the feminine yeah. is the flow, and the masculine yeah. is the consciousness. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. By the end of the book, I was like, okay, like I I get a better idea. I'm actually currently going through it again. Okay. And now a lot of more of it is making sense to me, but yeah. it is not something that we grow up with and understand that we grow up with. Mm-hmm. So, so I think what does it mean to be masculine, and what is it specifically she's looking for? And also know the difference between the wounded masculine and like the healed conscious masculine, because like yeah, being masculine isn't just being a guy, right? Because you could be fucking wounded and be showing up as a wounded masculine, and that's not the sort of guy that you want to be attracting, hopefully. Um, there, okay. there, there's yeah. a there's another book out there. Uh, it, it's King Warrior Magician Lover, I believe. The, that's okay. the and those are the four. Definitely, maybe not in those order. Yep. Um, but they, what they talk about is the idea of boy energy mm. versus man energy. It's like girl energy versus woman. Exactly. Very different. Very different. And the wound. So you mentioned the wounded masculine often comes from this place of ne- never getting into our man energy. Okay. And okay. a lot of that when we talk about patriarchy. Right, patriarchy came up at the event that we were at on, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. And Dominic and I were talking about it afterwards. 
and we're like, man, like when that woman mentioned patriarchy, it didn't trigger me because I don't feel like I'm part of the patriarchy. Mm. Yes, I'm a man. Yes, I have masculine energy, but I don't feel like I'm part of the patriarchy. The patriarchy comes from that boy energy. Yeah. It comes yeah. from that, like, that, that, I think that in the book they call it the toddler, the big banging on the, on the tantrum. table, a tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. And that's a lot of, I mean, the way that I often see the wounded masculine come up is very egotistical. Uh, like obviously can't it gets very defensive can't take constructive criticism like all that ego all so like yeah cannot take any fucking feedback at all um which is a lot of guys a lot of guys these days um so next question do guys like it more when women take control sexually or do they prefer to be oh she hasn't finished the question they cut off I don't know the answer to this. I think I already know the answer. Yeah, it depends, right? It totally depends. Both are nice. Uh, I I think that what I prefer is I find it super attractive when a woman knows what she wants and she's into into that and not afraid. I also love to take control sometimes. I also like to breathe with my partner sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I think it even it's not just depends on the person, depends on the situation, depends on the time of the day, it depends on like a lot of different things. 100%. So I, 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 had, I feel like our major theme is like there's no one answer for these things. There's no one answer, but, yeah. but I, I, can, I can tell you that... End of, end of podcast, no one answer, bye bitches. <laughs> I, was, I was dating somebody in Chicago and she was like, she was super cute and like Wait, sweet. Wait, that you saw her on the street? It was not her. Well, her and I never went <laughs> on a date. That didn't, that didn't pan out. Yeah. Uh, some work to, do, work to do there. I was dating a different woman, and she was super sweet. And yeah. and, and and I I hadn't I, I would say be, I wasn't very experimental sexually. Yeah. And she's like, Hey Brian, I want to like tie you up, like 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 uh, put handcuffs on you on the bed. I'm like, You do? Like wow. Like <laughs> I've never done that before, but I'm kind of okay. I'm down for it. So yeah. So I'm in a room. First time, my hands are my hands are up above my head. She gets on top of me and she rides me and it was like okay, but I was nervous the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't. What were you, what were you nervous about? I was like, because I'm so used to using my hands, I'm so used yeah. to being in some level of control. Like I was just kind of like sitting back and I didn't like that all that much. But the part I really didn't like is that she got excited after she locked me up yeah. and she and I didn't see this, but she did something with the key. And she couldn't find the key afterwards. Oh, fuck. So now I'm sitting there with my hands above my head, flaccid, flappy penis, <laughs> as she's walking around the room, having to move the entire bed, trying to find this fucking key. Oh, wow. That really ruined it. So I've got, I'm sitting there for like 30 minutes and getting cold now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I prefer to be in control yeah. <laughs> with the exception of I'm willing to experiment. I feel like... <laughs> What I well, what I really like because I like to be in control sometimes too. But what I really like is when I start off in control and then he takes more control. So if I open the front door like with like a really little outfit on or whatever, and so it's like I'm taking that initial lead, uh-huh. and then he does the rest. You know, like I came up, I come up behind him when he's making dinner, and so I take that initial step, and then he takes. I mean, I love surrendering, and then he takes control, something like that. So that's really interesting, the way that you positioned how you take control. And I wouldn't have even categorized that as control. Um, but it, oh, but, it, but it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it, it, like, it's, you open the door, or I open the door. No, I'm at your door, right? Yeah, and then, like, yeah. it's all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, I didn't expect you to be dressed right. like that. So you've, you've set the stage, mm. and then maybe you lead me to another place, and we're going to do something, and I want to pounce on you, and you say, stop. Yeah. And then, like, you build my desire more. And then there's, like, this moment where... 
and I take it from yeah. there. Right. It gets to a point. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets to it's like it gets to a point where like I'm like, no, you're not allowed to touch. Like I'm in control. And then you go like you jump ten steps above the control and you're like, no. And then you take all the lead after I've spent a bit of time being like just like teasing almost. Yeah. Or like telling you what I want to do, but like you're not allowed to do it yet. And then it's like you take way more control and then it's like and then I have to fully surrender. Like that's hot. Something yeah. I've noticed that women in their power are really good at subtly getting what they want. <laughs> oh, without question. And like that is a really great example of like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Like, let me just initiate this. And then just knowing she's gonna press the right button to make the guy go, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me react. Totally. And I think like women who are really embodied in their sexuality and sensuality can do those slow movements that you were talking mm. about before. Like I had a partner who she she, she built this energy up inside of me, kind of like that champagne bottle you were talking yeah. about. Just like, oh my God, I, like, I want to pounce and devour this woman. Yeah. And she was just like, stand right fucking there. Right? She just like made me stand in the spot and then she stood in front of me and turned around and she took her hair up, you know, like and held it up yeah. over her head and then let it fall very slowly so I could yeah. see the back of her neck and I could see yeah. it come down across her shoulders and then she would turn around and she would very slowly like lift her neck up so I could see the exposed neckline, which yeah, is like a yeah. beautiful place I just want to bite into like a vampire. Yeah, yeah. And then she would just walk slowly around me, taking her hand and very gently touching across it's that my soft chest. Touch. The softness? Yeah. That like constantly fed mm. energy. And this is one of the things, again, I'm learning from my teachers in the sensual sexual space. Men are constantly craving energy. Mm. And women are are a remarkable sources of energy giving. And, and I found that like when I'm with a woman who's in her embodied state of femininity, I give one, I give like one part of energy, I yeah. get 10 back from her. Yeah, it's, that's so true. And so she was able to create this place where I was so shook that when I could tell that, that it, was, it was time to take the lead, mm. then she fully surrendered and it was Oh my God, yum. And I feel like when you were also saying that as well, we're very overstimulated as humans. So when you bring softness back where it's like your hand is hovering over your skin, your senses become so heightened. And it's that whole orgasmic meditation stuff where it's like your senses become so heightened that the slow sex is the best sex. Like where it's like three hours long, the slowest thing ever. But your, yeah, your like nervous system is like on like on fucking fire, basically. Lila told us, uh, I know she didn't tell us this, but I heard on one of her other podcasts, there's a woman who she does, she has a podcast called Horizontal with Lila, uh -huh. and she lies down with her guests in a bed, and it's like slow talk radio, so oh that she God. gets like pillow talk, and yeah. we did an interview in my bedroom, so she <gasps> oh was God, lying between that. both Brian and I, yeah. and one of her things is slower than slow, mm. and then slower than that. Seriously, though. And, I, and I've implemented that, and it's like, yeah, like every little sound, every little breath, every little movement, every little like, like the hair falling, you could feel and sense. It's like time slows person. down. Yeah. I really wonder if there's a question that's faster that we could talk about because I'm <laughs> getting quite turned on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm gonna have a hard time articulating anything <laughs> slow for the next okay, for the next hour do, or two. Like Brian gets worried about spontaneous yeah. corners. Yeah, so let's it, do yeah. One more question, um, because an opportune would. Yeah, How long have we been going for? I feel like we've been going for a fridge. This is, uh, we're an hour and a half here. Oh my God, amazing. Okay. Um, I think I already know the answer to this one. It's the invitation. Um, how do you get men to open up and tell, tell you how they're feeling? 
instead of keeping to themselves. What I always find is I do it first. It opens the door for them. If I'm vulnerable first, then I find that they're more likely to be vulnerable unless they're wounded and then nothing happens. And I'm like, well, see ya. Yeah, I've got, I've got two answers for this. Okay. So the first one is, and I said this at the, the Bold Leap Lab event the other day, if you become unshockable, meaning like if I can share something with you and you're not going to have it like a, an emotional, a big emotional reaction to it, you can just like hold it and hear me, then I know that you're safe to share with. Mm. And That was good when you said that. I was like, damn. Yeah, because if you can become safe to share, then I know that then I will, I will, I will share more with you. Yeah. My big fear is that I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to open my heart to you. And then it's going to quickly turn into a you're hurt by that or there's something that like now I need to manage and it, and it completely shuts down my process of opening my heart up to you. Mm. And now and I, maybe I don't necessarily know how to deal with your emotional reaction. And I think the second – and so by the way, it's not to say that you can't have an emotional reaction. Yeah. But it's like you know if, if you're truly interested in me opening up to you – then you've now entered space where you're holding it for me. And I always just say, just breathe for a second. Like, let someone talk, breathe, then react. That Not even react, then speak. Don't just, like, get triggered straight away and then just, like, fucking go AWOL at them. Like, breathe for a second. Because, again, that language barrier, like, that communication barrier, of like, you're probably meaning it in a different way, possibly, to how we are taking it. So just think about it for a second from your perspective. Totally. And then the, the second step off beyond that is just, Maintain curiosity. Mm. So don't just ask me one question and then like let me re- and then and then res- I respond to it and then you just you give me your dissertation of what your feelings were, or what your thought or what your advice is. Keep asking me questions. Yeah. And that that curiosity shows that you actually care about what it is that I'm saying, and that can take some time. And I may need to be led. Sometimes yeah. I don't know what I'm feeling. Sometimes yeah. I don't know what I'm getting at. And then like your curiosity will help me unlock that. Yeah, I, I know one of my personal patterns is as much as I can get on a stage and talk on a podcast about my stories and everything else, there's stimulus here that I can respond to. Yes. And I don't naturally just go to that place, even with a partner, where I'm just telling stories. And by them asking me the question, I know it's a safe conversation to have. Okay. So and so that curiosity you. piece for me is really, really big. Yeah. You've beautiful. done an exceptional job with that today, Monica. Like, I mean, this, this has been an amazing, and Brian and I have done a lot of conversations around this and like the questions that you've been asking, you've been drawing us out and prompting us to think about. And I'm hearing stories from Brian that I haven't heard before. Oh my God, yay. Uh, so that, that, that's like a perfect example of how to do it. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It was so good to meet you. The event on the weekend was amazing. And I really appreciate you guys spending time with me today. Loved it. This was a ton of fun and always a great learning. So thank you. Oh my God. No, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Oh my God, how effing good was that? Full of laughs, full of nuggets, so many chicken nuggets. I loved having this discussion with men. I love talking about this stuff with guys. I often bring this up in conversation with men all the time, even like Uber drivers. Somehow with my Uber drivers, we start talking about this stuff. I just love talking about it. It's fun and it's so bloody interesting. And it's so it's an important conversation to have because, you know, 
half the world is men, half the world is women. We need to understand each other. If you want to be having thriving, conscious relationships, you got to understand each other. Um, it really makes your life a fuck time better. And key thing, you need to work on yourself. You need to do the work yourself so that you can really tap back into your body. Because when you're in your feminine, you really allow him to be in his masculine, right? When your sexual, sensual, creative life force energy is flowing through you, you are a fucking magnet for these amazing men. And you really begin to know your worth and you really understand, sorry, my elbow just fell off the fucking thing. Um, if you heard that bang, you really start to understand the beauty behind being a woman and how to just communicate in a really feminine, sexy, amazing, strong, powerful way that draws a man in. So if you haven't already looked at Queen Alchemy, it was the quote unquote hint. I gave you guys a few podcast episodes ago about knowing your turn on and turn offs and that sort of stuff. Can't remember what episode that was. Um, I'm going to leave the link in the description box below. So check out Queen Alchemy, book in your discovery call if you feel like it's a good fit or send me any questions you've got via Instagram DM or email. I'm better on Instagram DM though because I can send voice messages and I prefer talking than typing. Um, and please share this podcast episode. Tag myself, tag Dominic, tag Brian. I'm going to put all of their handles as well in the description box below just so that you guys can tag them below. Share this with your boyfriend, your girlfriends, your mom, your dad, whoever, you, your dog, Peanut. Um, if you don't know who Peanut is, Peanut is my little family dog. She's so fucking cute. Anyway, I love you all. I love all of the amazing messages that you guys send me. I'm so fucking grateful. Do not miss out on your tickets to my Feminine As Fuck event. And I will see you guys all soon. Bye. Well, thank you again for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I hope that you got lots of nuggets out of today's show. Uh, please, 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 I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review so that more women can find the podcast and therefore I can help more women understand their period and fix their period problems. Because after all, it's a much nicer life to live when we actually love our cycle because we do have to um, keep up with it every single month. Also, if you have any friends or loved ones that you think would enjoy my podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could send it to them as well, just to share the love. And that's it for now. So I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night, wherever you are.